Today is a good day. Um, I want to I want to continue a series that I've been in for the last couple of weeks um, called the Drugstore. Anybody know? Christian. <laughs> it was cowboy, but now it's the Christian. Drugstore Christian. And we, when we've talked about this the last few weeks, we've looked at you know what is a drugstore cowboy, and we have compared it to the cowboy. And if you're a, if you know anything about you know cowboy and all that stuff, you know a drugstore cowboy is kind of what you would say is the fake imitation of the real deal, right? I mean, again, they may you know look the part on the outside, but they've never actually lived the lifestyle. Um, you know, uh, but on the other hand, the real deal cowboy, they actually and they most of them look the part, but some of them don't look the part. But they do it day in and day out. They ride, they rope, they work, they they build fence, they do all those things that a real deal cowboy does. Now, here's the parallel. The parallel that we've been looking at is just like a drugstore cowboy is a imitation of the real deal that may look the part but not live the part we've looked at how sadly many christians look the part but don't live the part right they 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 can say the church words they can come to church they can tip their hat again to the ladies at church and shake everybody's hand they walk out and they don't live what they say they believe does that make sense but here's the truth you say well crap man you're gonna step on my toes this is what church is all about. That's why I don't like coming to church. They just step on my toes all the time. No, listen. Here's, here's the point and the goal of this series. It's not to just, and I've said this already, but it's not to just expose the fakeness. It's to, it's to heal it. And it's to take it and make it into the real deal. That's the goal. And so you may be, again, you may be exposed today. You may be thinking, well, this isn't something that I do personally, and you may not feel too good about that. But listen, that's, that's the beginning of learning how to do something new for the Lord, right? That's called being challenged. And we want you to be challenged. I love a good challenge, right? I mean, we all ought to, to not go, well, you know, and, and step back and go, I don't really want you to know that about me. no. Listen, it's okay. We're all sinners. We all fall short, but we want to become the real deal. That's the goal. That's the process that, that all of us should be um, at, at least, you know, desiring. Okay? And so we've, asked, we've answered these questions. What is a drugstore Christian, and how do we become the real deal? Number one was this. If you're taking notes, number one was this. The drugstore Christian believes in God, but doesn't know him. Remember? They, be, they believe in God, but they don't know Him. And you say, well, what's the difference? Well, again, anybody can believe in God, but that doesn't mean they trust in Him. I mean, the Bible teaches us that even the demons believe in God, they don't trust Him. Right? And so there's a difference. And you say, well, what's the difference? Here's the two things that we pointed out. Those that know God have experienced Him. It's an experience. They've come to know him in a personal way. He's not just the man upstairs. He's their father. He's their forgiver. He's their healer. He's the Lord of their life, the Savior of their sins. I mean, that's that's someone that's experienced him. The other, the second thing that is the difference between believing and knowing is those who know him live for him. They actually live out what they say they believe. The real deal Christian proves that they know him by their actions. It's lived out. That was number one. So number one, the drugstore Christian believes in God but doesn't know him. Number two is this. Drugstore Christians don't fear God. They don't fear God. 
I mean, therefore, their, their, I mean, their idea of life is I can do whatever the crap I want because that's just, I mean, I'm able to do whatever I want because I don't fear God. I mean, there's no, there's no fear there. And you say, what does it mean to fear God in a good way? Well, the definition that we gave was love, loving God plus respecting God equals fearing God. And you say, well, how do I know if I'm the real deal? Well, number one, we looked at fearing God leads to obedience. It leads to obeying Him. We ought to love and respect God enough to obey Him. Remember 1 John 5, 3? In fact, this is love for God to keep His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. I mean, fearing God is an ongoing attitude that moves us to obey Him day in and day out. That's what it means to fear God. The second thing was this. We are called to obey the whole truth, not just half the truth. I mean, again, so many of us, we want, to, we want the good parts, but we don't want the bad parts. We want the blessing, but we don't want the burden, right? But again, if we truly fear God, we are going to obey the whole truth, even if, what, even if it costs us something, right? Even if it's, even if it's you know, a, a trial, or even if it's, if it's something that's going to be you know, something that, that, that may not be enjoyable. We're going to pay the cost, no matter what the cost. We're going to obey Him. Well, today, I want to look at one more sign that you're a drugstore Christian or and how to become the real deal. All right, number three. You guys ready for this one? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm ready. I had to get me a little sip of something, a little water there. I'm not, I'm not a coffee drinker. Cowboys, the real deal cowboys, they're the coffee drinkers. I don't do it, so I'm not a real deal cowboy. I drink water and a cappuccino at the Loves. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? They're the best. They're the best. I just gave my secret away. You ever see me with a mug? And here's the stupid part. I collect mugs. I love mugs. I don't even drink coffee. Every time I see one of those Stanley mug things, I want to buy one. I've got three. Stupid, isn't it? Can you just say that? I know you like to say that. It's stupid, right? All right, I'm chasing rabbits. Here we go. Number three. <laughs> Number three is this. Drugstore Christians are silent about their faith. Think about it. A drugstore Christian is silent about his faith or her faith. Look at Matthew 10, 32, a sobering verse that, that just tells the, I mean, it's just right in your face. Listen to what it says. And Jesus is talking, he says, whoever, what, say it with me, acknowledges me before others, I will also, what? Acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Let me read that again. Whoever acknowledges me, Jesus, before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. I don't know. I could I could fold up my, my notes and be done. Because it doesn't say it any, any clearer that we are we are called to share our faith, right? We're not called to be silent. Now here's the thing: many Christians. They, they want to have what they call a private relationship with Christ. I've heard it. I, I've heard it all the time. And people say this. They say, my faith is, my faith is something that's between me and God. Um, my, you know, I don't believe that I have to share my faith to be a good Christian. Um, my beliefs are private. Now, that sounds good, but it's not good. Okay? I'll give you an example, and I've used this before, but just bear with me. The, 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 the example that I have here is... is you know, if I was to say, you know, you know, my love for my wife is a private thing. 
that I don't want anyone to know how much I love her. So I'm going to take off my ring and I'm going to stick it in my back pocket because our love is private. I'm not going to call her my wife in public because it's private what we have. I'm not going to hold hands for sure in public because that would just show way too much to everybody else. And I'm especially not going to kiss her in public. You know why? Because our our love is private. (laughs) How, How silly is that? I mean, how dumb is that? I mean, the result of that would be my wife would be serving me papers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it would just be stupid, right? I mean, the, it, you know, the, 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 the reality should be because our marriage is so important, I want to make it public. Because our marriage is so important, we're going to have a wedding and we're going to invite all of our friends. And I'm going to kiss her in front of all those people. I'm going to exchange rings. I'm never going to take this ring off. We're going to have a big reception. And I'm going to call her my new bride on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. Why? Because I love her. Because I want everybody to know that I have a personal relationship with her. I have an intimate relationship with her. Now, here's the truth. You say, well, that's silly. But it is the same thing that we do with our faith. I mean, again, sadly, many Christians, that we buy into this, my faith is private lie. It's a lie. And we quote the, the great famous quote. And many of you guys have probably heard this quote. But, but it's become a, an escape goat for many Christians. And it's this. Go into the world and preach the good news of Jesus. And if necessary, use words. I've heard it. I've said it. I mean, I've used that quote before. But And here's the truth. I mean, while it's important... For us to, you know, to let our actions speak for themselves and to live a life, obviously, that shows Jesus. At some point, we have to open our mouth and tell them why we are acting the way that we do. Does that make sense? I mean, I can go out and I can choose to do right, but that just makes me a moral person in a lot of people's eyes. And guess what? Good old boys die and go to hell. I can be as moral as I want, and I still don't. I, I still don't know Jesus. So again, you say, "Well, it's just private." I mean, I, you know, I, I should just live my life, and then everybody will see. No, at some point, they have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Listen to Romans ten verses thirteen through fifteen. It says this: For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what saved. How then? Listen to this. How then can they call on the one whom they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not, what, heard? And, and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can, they, how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how, what, what's that word? Beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. I mean, did you catch that? I mean, did you catch what it's saying? Yeah, how, how are people going to get saved? How are they going to come to know Christ? How are they going to call on his name if they've not heard his name? How, how are they going to hear about him if no one tells them? I mean, how are they going to you know, tell them if they're not sent? I mean, we've got to, we, at some point, it's got to go, okay, I'm going to accept Christ. I'm going to live for him, but I'm also going to talk about him because I'm proud of him. I'm proud to know him. He's the, he's, you know, the, the number one relationship in my life. Why would we not talk about him? Why not? I mean, 1 Chronicles 16.8 says this. Give thanks to the Lord and what? Proclaim His greatness. 
Get, you know, let the whole world know what he has done. Let the whole world know what he has done. I, I'll give you an example. I, I've, I personally had the opportunity to share my faith with a lot of people. And, 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 and it's funny because I have a different take on the world than you do because I'm a preacher. Okay? Everybody, everybody expects the preacher to talk about Jesus. Right? It's just kind of there. <clears throat> but I've had the opportunity to go across the world and share my faith. I've been to Mexico and I've, I've shared uh, to, you know, my faith with Mexican people, beautiful people. I love their culture. I've been to Israel. I've, been, I, I, I've, I've actually witnessed to Jewish kids in a, at a church camp that we put on. For 10 weeks, I was in Israel, and I walked where Jesus walked. I mean, I, I've been to, you know, uh, Boston. I've been in New York City. I've been to Seattle. I've been in all these places, and, and I've shared my faith with people. I worked in, in Colorado for a ski season in a ski resort, and I would share my faith on the lift as we were going up because they couldn't get away. <laughs> and then I would say, well, what if you fell off this lift? Where would you go, you know? I mean, it was good. It was good. So, and, but here's what I learned. I learned that everybody's different. Everybody, everybody. Some people want to accept, you know, what you're sharing with them, and somebody, some people don't. But if we just do our part, then we're successful. God's not going to say, "Hey, Bo, you didn't save very many people." You know what He's going to be proud of? You shared. You shared. You opened your mouth. You talked. You said something, and you spoke it in love. And so again. You say, well, what's the point of that? Well, they all, I mean, they're all in need of Jesus. Everybody, no matter where you go, they're all in need of Jesus. And lives are changed. Why? Because we open our mouths and we share the good news of Jesus. You say, okay, Bo, how do I, how do I show that I'm the real deal by sharing my faith? How do I do it? Number one is this. You ready? This is a sub point. The real deal Christians know what they believe and know how to lead someone to Christ. They know what they believe and they know how to lead someone to Christ. Can I just say this? And this is one of my pet peeves, okay? If I ever go into a store, or if I ever go to shop somewhere, and then I ask the attendant, what does this do? Or how does this work? Or what are the advantages to this mower versus this mower? Why should I buy these blades or these blades? And they go, I don't know. You know what I want to do? What do I always want to do? Punch him in the face. That's me. Again, I have pent up anger that I need to get out. But but it's it's irritating, isn't it? I mean, it is. You walk in, you expect them to kind of know what's going on, and they go, "Let me uh, let me get a hold of somebody." Or they put you on hold for forty five minutes, and they come back and they say, "Well, I, I read the book real quick, and this is what it says, and I've never really done it myself." Okay. Yeah. Here's here's the point. I think that's sad for a lot of us as Christians as well. When someone comes to me and says, but why should I believe in Jesus? And I go, I, I don't know. How, how do I believe in Jesus? How, how do I come to know him personally? What can I do about what's going on in my life? And you go, ah, you just keep your head up. <laughs> Listen, we ought to know what we believe. And you say, well, do I have to understand the whole Bible? Absolutely not. Again, I've heard all the excuses. You know, I'm afraid if I share with my friend, I might lose this friendship. Anybody ever said, thought that? I mean, if I share with my friend, he might walk away. He might never talk to me again. He doesn't like Jesus. And, and, and why would, I mean, what, what's going to happen? No, listen, if you don't love your friend, then don't share with him. But if you love your friends, share with him. 
One of these days they're going to turn back and go, man, I didn't accept that very well, but I'm ready. I'm ready now. Because you share it. I mean, that's an excuse. You know, some people, they have this excuse. I'm scared it might hurt my reputation. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, you, I don't know you, but if that's you, then you probably are a drugstore Christian. If you're more worried about somebody's opinion of you than knowing Christ, then you may be a drugstore Christian. You may be. I mean, it's just, but we all, some of us struggle with that. We're worried about maybe what other people think. We're worried more about what the world thinks than what God thinks. We think more about today. This is what I get caught up in. We worry more about what today is going to happen than eternity. I mean, anybody think too small? Yeah. I mean, think about what can I do today rather than what's going to happen in eternity. But here's the biggest excuse that I've, that I've heard for why Christians don't share their faith. They say this, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Or they, or they say, I'm afraid they're going to ask me a question that I can't answer. Here, here's the truth. Listen to this. You don't have to. I've said it already. You don't have to know and understand everything about the Bible to share your faith. Here's the cool thing. When you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And when you step out on faith and you actually share the good news of Jesus with someone, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will give you the words in the moment. And he will, he, will, he will feed you the words that you need to say to that person right then. And guess what? If you screw it up, it's okay. I mean, I've done it. I've done it. I'm like, I, I say something to this person, and I, I say, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. And then they go, oh, I get it. And it's usually when you're stupid and you think, I'm the dumbest guy. I don't know why I just shared that. They go, I get it. It's when I think, man, I did an awesome job. They go, I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? But it's the truth. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, you say, well, what, what do I say in the moment? Here's the cool thing. It's, it's, like, it's like jumping off a cliff and not knowing if you're going to belly bust or not. You know what I'm saying? Anybody been there? Come on, guys, Brayden. Come on. Some of these daredevils. Anybody jumped off, you know, a diving board, the high dive back in the day when they actually had a high dive? I think Gage still has one. But they used to have high dives, and you're like, dude, I don't know what's going to happen. You just jump off anyways, and it's like, woo. I mean, that's kind of like how sharing your faith is. You really don't know how it's going to end up, but the results aren't up to you. They're up to God. Amen? It's, it's, it's your job to share. It's our job to share, and then the results are going to be a belly flop sometimes, and, but it's fun, and everybody laughs, and you have a good time. Or it's going to be, man, you make that high dive, and it's just, I mean, the splash is like that small. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Depends on how big a boy you are. <laughs> but here's the truth. Listen to Luke 12. It says this. It says, and when you, you are brought in, into trial, and again, this is talking about the disciples being brought to a trial of the synagogues and before the rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. So again, maybe it's an adversary. Maybe it's an enemy that wants to know why you believe what you believe. Listen, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. You just got to open your mouth. Um, and, and so here's, here's the best answer that I can give you to give them when you don't know the answer. You ready? Here's what I would say. Here's what I say. I don't know, but I'll find out. When someone says, babe, or Bo, you know, what's, what's, what's this mean in the Bible? You know what my best answer is sometimes when I don't know? I, I don't know. But I'll find out. Here's the cool byproduct of sharing your faith. You ready? 
You grow in your knowledge of the Bible. You know why? Because some people have some great questions and you don't know the answers to them and you got to go back to the Bible and you got to actually search it out and you got to go, well, I found it. And then you take it back to them and you give them the answer. You know what that does? It grows you. Just like being a teacher. How many of you guys have ever, you know, you've been in class all this time and then you actually have to teach one of the lessons and then when you teach the lesson, you learn twice as much because you actually had to teach it? It's the same way. I mean, when you share your faith, you're going to grow in your faith. I meet all kinds of Christians who are like, I'm just, I, I don't know, I'm not growing in my faith. I, I, I read my Bible and I just don't get anything out of it. You know, I go to church all the time and it's just the same old stuff. No, listen, here, here's the truth. People that share their faith never stop growing. They never do. They're always growing. Because you know why? Because they're always facing a challenge. They're always facing somebody new. They're always getting different questions. I mean, again, it's, 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 it's a blast, really. It's fun. Um, and so, you know, again, a great byproduct is growing in your, your knowledge of the, the Word. Now, here's the thing. We have, we have resources. I don't have a, a Next Step booklet with me um, but I'll get, you, I'll get you one. We have these next step booklets. And, and um, uh, Mark, will you grab me one? Or, yeah, go grab me one real quick. They're on the info bar. Um, I want to show you our next step booklet because it's a great resource. Here's the other resource that, that, um, that I want to tell you about. It's the Trail of Salvation. If you get on our website, you can click on the Trail of Salvation. And it has the scriptures that lead you to, to help others come to know Christ. I mean, you say, well, I don't know the verses to tell them. I don't know how, I don't know what to pray. I, I don't know what to, you know, tell them about this verse or that verse. Get on our website, The Trail to Salvation, and you can read through that, and you can be prepared to give an answer when somebody asks a question. Study it. Memorize it. I mean, I have a lot, if not all of those scriptures, and they're real short and simple, memorized, so that when someone says, hey, Bo, what's this mean? Or, you know, how do I come to know Christ? I can tell them because I've studied it and I've memorized the verse. And, and here's the, it, the Trail of Salvation is also in this next step booklet. You can grab one of these on your way out. I mean, all the scriptures are right here. And you say, well, does that have to be a specific scripture? No, you can be any scripture you want it to be. But there's some simple scriptures in here that you can prepare to share the word of God with people so that they can get saved. It's awesome. So we have the resources that we want to give you. So number one, real deal Christians know what they believe and they know how to lead others to Christ. Number two is this, and I'm done. Real deal Christians are in the world, but not of the world. Now listen, this is where a lot of churches get it wrong, okay? A lot of churches, they, they want to be in the church, but not in the world. Does that make sense? I want you to listen to this scripture, First uh, Peter Two says this, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from the simple desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives. What's the next three words? Among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Where does it say that we are to live such good lives among the pagans? And God, by the way, we're all pagans at some point. I mean, all of us have been a pagan. All of us are sinners. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But it says live such good lives amongst the pagans. You know what that's saying? Live good lives among your unbelieving neighbors. 
Live good lives among the down and out. Live good lives among the burden and the battered. That's where it really matters. I mean, you could come in here and you can, you can, woo, sing, yeah, fill my cup, Lord. I'll lift it up, Lord. And you can tip your cup to God while you're in church, but it's more important that you tip your God or tip your cup to God out there. I'm just telling you. That's, I mean, that's just the truth. Here, here's the thing. Sadly, many, many, many drugstore Christians, they, they want to stay out of the world. They want what I, what I call, they want to be a closed herd. Uh, I'll, I'll explain that. Most ranchers, they have two ways of buying cattle, right? They can either go to a person's ranch and they can buy the cattle straight off the ranch, you know, ranch to ranch. They can bring the cattle off that ranch and they can bring it into their own, you know, property or whatever. It's, it's a closed herd. And you say, well, what's that mean? Well, a closed herd hasn't been exposed and or introduced to any outside cattle, Okay. And then you say, well, what's the benefit of that? Because the benefit of that, they haven't been exposed to a lot of disease, and they don't bring that disease into your herd. Does that make sense? But then on the opposite side, you come to a place like this. This is called a cell barn. And guess what happens here? Diseased cattle come here. Exposed cattle come here. Fer- infertile cattle come here. Cattle with attitudes come here. Cattle. Cattle with all kinds of issues come here. Foot rot. I mean, they're, they're limping. they got sores. All these things. They all come here. And guess what? Every other cattle, all the other cattle in the pens next to them, guess what they get? They get exposed to that disease. And you say, well, oh, why would we want to do that? Why would, why would we want to be exposed to all that? I mean, why wouldn't we want to be a closed herd? Because here's the truth. In a, in a ranching operation, a closed herd is a great idea. It doesn't happen all the time, but we buy cell, cattle, you know, cell barn cattle all the time. But here's the truth. In the church, it's not a good plan. We are in the cell barn business. We are not going to swap sheep and just stay with our little Christian friends and hope all the other Christians from the churches around us come on over. Let's just have a little big party in here. A little big party? Let's have a big party in here. Because we want to just celebrate together. Now listen, the church is called to the cell barn business. We are called to be exposed to the sinful, diseased, hurt sinners of the world without sinning ourselves. Why? So that Jesus might heal them from their sickness and they can come to know him personally. That's what we're about. That's why we are to be in the world and not of the world. Listen to the example of Jesus. He, I mean, he was the best example of this, and that's why I love Jesus, because he wasn't some of this, one of these fuddy-duddy people that just stayed in the temple all the time, right? Listen to what he did. Mark chapter 2, it says this, while, while Jesus was having dinner with Levi, at Levi's house, and guess what Levi was? He's a tax collector. And guess what the people thought of the tax collectors? Hated them. Yeah, they hated them. Because they were crooks. I mean, they were just crooks. They just stole the money. They, did all, they took advantage of people. But listen to what he says. While Jesus was having dinner, I mean, again, sometimes these words we just roll over. But he was actually sitting and eating dinner at a tax collector's house. That's, to me, I could just stop right there because here's the truth. When was the last time you actually went to someone's house that everybody hates? Maybe someone that just, you know, is like the slut of your school, the, you know, the guy that cheats everybody in business. When was the last time you had dinner with them? 
I mean, we have, we have dinner with all kinds of people. I mean, we love Jesus, and we just meet with our Jesus people. But when was the last time you had dinner with someone who doesn't love Jesus? An actual person that doesn't agree with Jesus. But that's what Jesus did. He, he, he was a Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. I'm just telling. Can, I, I just love, I, I don't know, I'm taking my time. But I, I just want to stop there because here's the truth. If, if people of this world, listen, if they aren't attracted to what we're doing, but the majority of them are repelled by it, then we're probably doing something wrong. You say, are people going to be repelled by Jesus and, and the truth? Absolutely. And that's okay. Jesus was rejected, but he was also loved by sinners. They followed him. They were attracted to him. You know why? I believe the key is because he was full of, of grace and truth. But look at the verse. It says this. When the teachers of the law, and again, the, the drugstore Christians, when they, uh, who were you know Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? That's to Jesus' answer. Now, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He ate with them. He hung with them. He reached out to them. Why? Because they were who he came to save. And we, as real deal Christians, ought to be doing that too. You say, well, no, Jesus wants me to get out of the world. No, he wants you to get in the world. Listen to this scripture in John 17. Jesus is praying to God, and listen to what he says. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. He's praying for a protection on the people that he's sending. He says, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as I sent, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. That's where we're supposed to go. Into the world. And share the good news of Jesus. Since day one, Thousand Hills Ranch Church has been all about this. I mean, you, you think, well, what is this church all about? Well, we, we desire to engage a, a lost culture. We, we desire to, to reach the world. We desire to change the culture that we live in. And you say, well, how do you do that? Well, we host events that attract a culture that doesn't live like us, a culture that doesn't agree with us. And we have, you know, events, ranch rodeos, all kinds of stuff. When I go and I sit, and maybe with a, a buddy that comes to church, when I sit at a restaurant, guess where I sit? A lot of times, not all the time, I sit at the bar. You know how many bars I've been in since we've been preaching at this church? A lot. You know how many guys that I got to talk to, and I and I and they, it always comes around. Hey, what do you do? I preach at the Cowboy Church. They're like, oh man, I, I've heard about your church, and they, and they all know. I heard about your church, man. I've been wanting to come to that church for a long time, and they, I mean, they're 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 some of them are lit. And I mean, I'm just telling you, and it's, it, I'm just, it, what'd you say? Or worse. But, but you say, well, why would you do that? I mean, why would you chance, you know, doing, I mean, whatever, all the Christians want you to do this, and they want you to stay at Chili's and eat cheese fries, and you're sitting at the bar. Well, listen, it's not about that. I'm not worried about my reputation with people. 
especially in the church, I'm worried about what God thinks about me, and I'm worried about what everybody else that doesn't know Jesus, I want, to, I want them to come to Jesus. So that's what we do. Yeah, can we get some? That's good stuff right there. We do that. You know what it does? It tears down religious barriers because they recognize me from the bar, and then they come into the church and they go, hey, there's that preacher guy. I know him. Not everybody can do that. If you're an alcoholic, don't go to the bars. I'm just telling you, it's stupid. You're stupid if you do that because you're just going to be in temptation. But you need to go reach people that you can reach. That's what God has called us to do. Because here's why. Our purpose statement, and I never noticed this word until just recently I was preparing this message. Thousand Hills Ranch Church exists to, does anybody know the next word? Reach. Exists to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, we are called to reach them. And this is what I want to end with. I want to give you some tips because some of you are like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. I'm going to put flowers up. I'm going to buy me some Jesus t-shirts. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to get a soapbox and I'm going to step up on it and be like, come to Jesus. <laughs> now listen, and if you do that, that's cool. Just don't wear our shirt. <laughs> wear, the, wear Living Word shirt or something. First Baptist or something. I'm just playing. They're awesome. But here, let me give you some tips for, for sharing your faith. Pray, pray for opportunities. Again, so many Christians, they want to just share. And they just shove it in people's face. And the Holy Spirit hasn't led them to do it. But they just keep shoving. No, pray for it. Pray, pray for the opportunity. Make sure the Holy Spirit is leading you to share and not someone else you know, that's told you you've got to share with everybody because everybody is going to die and go to hell if you don't share. No, Jesus can take care of them. If he tells you to tell them, then you need to tell them and be obedient. Just got to pray about that. So pray for opportunities. Don't force it. Let the Holy Spirit lead it. Um, know the verses that explain the, the, how to get saved. Again, memorize those scriptures in the Next Step booklet. Get on the online and, and memorize that. Have a pocket Bible handy. We give these pocket Bibles away that are about this big. You can put them in your feed pickup. And when you see another farmer and he's down and out getting a divorce or having a hard time, you can say, hey, here's what I read lately. Listen to this scripture. And he finds hope. You know, mark those verses in your Bible so that you know exactly where they're at. Um, and, and then just, here's, here's the greatest thing that you can do. Share your own story about how you came to Christ. You say, I don't know what that is. Well, you can know that today. <laughs> you can learn how to love him today. You can come into a relationship with him today. But many of you, you have a story. You gave your life to Christ and he changed your life. Share that story. I mean, people can argue with the Bible, and they will. They'll ask questions, and they'll want to know why it's that way, and why doesn't God love us enough and do all this. I mean, they're going to ask questions. But when you share your personal experience, they can't argue with that. He changed my life. He came into my life. He took the guilt away. He took the shame away. He released me of all my sin. And so just share your faith. And, and again, here's, here's the greatest tip. Don't be obnoxious. Thank you, Lisa. I got one golf clap out of that whole deal. <laughs> it's not how, listen, it's not how loud or obnoxious you are that makes you a good Christian. Nobody, nobody I, I, I mean, I don't say nobody, because there's probably been somebody that was, a, you know, offended so much that they just finally gave up and gave their life to Christ. But <laughs> they've not been real. But, but, but again, I, I've been in situations where, you know, a lot of Christians were just obnoxious. I mean, I've been in, I mean, they just, people... 
I'm just, I, I, again, anytime you share your faith, I guess it's a good thing, but sometimes it's repelling versus attracting. And you got to know when that is. Um, and so don't be obnoxious. But again, here's, here's what I want to close with. Becoming a real deal Christian, it's a process. It's a process. It's not an in and of itself. Guess when you are going to end becoming the real deal Christian? The day you die. So don't think, wow, I've never shared my faith. I'm five, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I've never led anybody to Christ. But listen, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the past. Just focus in on the future and help somebody, you know, live for eternity in heaven because you shared your faith with them. That's what God has called us to do. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. How many of you guys would say, and I want you to be honest, nobody's looking around, we don't call you to the front, we're not going to point you out, but how many of you guys would be honest and say, you know what, Bo, I have been silent about my faith. Anybody? Raise your hand if, you, if that's you. Yeah, all across the barn. Listen, some of you guys, again, and, and we've, all, we've all not taken advantage of all the opportunities about our faith, but, but here's, here's the truth. Maybe you need to pray this prayer of commitment to God today. Those of you that raised your hand, Lord, I, I, and pray this in your heart, Lord, I get, Lord, give me the opportunities to share your forgiveness with others. Make that your prayer right now. Oh, make this your prayer. Open my mouth when the time is right. Make this your commitment. Give me the words at the time I need them. Maybe you pray this. Help, help me enjoy sharing your goodness with all I come in contact with. Maybe you need to pray. Today, I commit to becoming the real deal by sharing my faith with others. Listen, I hope, even if you didn't raise your hand, that, that you will make those commitments today. To say, Lord, I want to be led by your spirit. I want, to, I want you to, to show me when the opportunity comes, and I want you to prepare me to be ready to give an answer. Some of you maybe need to, uh, again, maybe you need to just pray and say, God, give me the energy and the effort that it takes to memorize the scriptures that are in the next step booklet so that I can be ready and prepared. Here's why. Because if you prepare, God will give you the opportunity. I'm telling you. He will. He will. And it's, again, it can, you can be scared or you can embrace it and say, okay, God, I'm preparing because I know you're going to give me an opportunity and I want to be ready. Give me that opportunity. Some of you are here today and you, you just heard maybe how to be saved today just for the first time. And you've not taken that step of faith and committed your life to Jesus. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. You say, well, so I, all I have to do is confess Jesus is my Lord and Savior and believe that God raised him from the dead and I can know Jesus personally. I can have an eternity in heaven and when I die, I don't have to fear death because I'll know where I'm going 100%? The answer is yes. You can. And so maybe right there in your chair, you just need to pray that prayer. 
Just in your heart. Maybe you just say this prayer. It's a simple prayer. It's not about the words. It's just about your heart. Lord, I, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Make me the real deal. Listen, maybe you just prayed that for the first time. Here's all we ask you to do. We ask you to tell us so that we can celebrate with you and give you the right resources so that you can become the real deal, so that you can grow in your faith. So we want to give you a Bible. We want to give you, uh, you know, some resources, the next step booklet. We want to, you know, tell you what the next steps are so that you can follow through in this decision and not be kicked in the teeth by the devil and, and be alone when that happens. We want to be with you so that we can kick back. And so here's how we ask you to do that. Grab that card on your chair, fill it out, place it in one of these yellow buckets. And say, I don't have a card. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what to fill out. Then all you, here's what else, what else you can do. Just text your name to the number on the screen as you leave today. Just your name. You don't have to text anything else. Just text your name to the number on the screen, and we'll contact you about your decision. It's that simple. Do not leave here not knowing Christ and sharing that with someone. Let us be the first person that you share your faith with. And we will celebrate with you. Lord, I come today and I, I thank you for the real deal Christians in the, in the barn today. I thank you that there are real deal Christians that share their faith, at their work, at school, at play, wherever they're at, they are sharing the good news that you have changed their life. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. But for some of us, again, we may struggle with opening our mouths and talking about Jesus. When you give us an opportunity and one of our friends is struggling or, you know, you just lay it on our heart that this person sitting next to you in the airplane or the car or the bus or wherever you're at, this person needs to know Jesus. And, I, and, and you tell us that you want us to share with that person. Well, give us the, the boldness. Give us the love to do that. Help us not to be scared. Give us the words to say. Lord, I thank you for this church and how you're changing the world through this church. And I pray that you would continue to do that so that you could be glorified and so that we can take as many with us as when we go. So that they can live in eternity in the mansions, walking streets of gold with us. And so we just thank you. We praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Let's give the Lord a hand today. Woo! Most of you stay awake today. Good job. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Bo Haig at Thousand Hills Ranch Church in Woodward, Oklahoma. Please join us next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Woodward Livestock Office.